millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. What's up, guys? Ryan Sprague here again from Somewhere in the Skies. We're going to be talking about the Betty and Barney Hill UFO incident, which surprisingly, I haven't done a full episode of the show on yet. So I thought, who better to bring in than my good, good friend here in New York City? He is a TV writer, a screenwriter, which we're going to talk about at the end of this episode, and um, just an all-around amazing, amazing person. Um, And he is skeptical of the UFO question, which is what we desperately need in this field. So it's going to be a lot of fun to break down this movie tonight and the alien abduction phenomenon with him. So without further ado, let's bring him in. Andrew, welcome back to Somewhere in the Skies. I almost don't appreciate that you outed me as being skeptical right at the top because I've seen the (laughs) YouTube comments about me before and I don't want people to lose their faith in me right off the bat. Uh, You don't have to be nice. Just uh, don't talk about my glasses because that. Okay, just be nice. No, do it, Ryan. (laughs) Let's rewind. I'm going to start the intro over. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm going to say hello to everyone in the chat. What is up, Cindy? We've got um, NFSTRZ34. What's up, Justin? Uh, Benji is here. Lisa Grant, Skinwalker Dressing. Jason Fay. Welcome, guys. Yeah, isn't that a good one? I love that name. Skinwalker Ranch Dressing, I think. There you go. Did I say that wrong? I nice. did. I yeah. did. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes more sense. Now I have become Death is here. David it's Blaine. What? Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. We were just talking about magic about we were talking five about minutes magic. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Copperfield. Blaine no here. Blaine stuff. No Blaine. Nice try. Yeah, no Blaine. Copperfield. Yeah, yeah. This is a Copperfield show. <laughs> we are I, think I can say that officially. I'm I'm wearing one of the t- one of the somewhere in the skies t-shirts, which you can which you can purchase at T Public, I believe. Still, that Maybe is correct. Maybe not. Thank you. I you can get this handsome. You're such a good model. Thanks for of course, uh, of course. for doing that, my man. Tpublic.com, everybody. Tpublic, Tpublic, somewhere <laughs> in the skies. Thank you for having me. I am very excited to talk about this movie and to hear about the case. As I told you beforehand, you had um, done your due diligence and sent me all this wonderful stuff to read, which I did read a little bit of. Um, and then I think somebody puked. Um, and then I had to clean that up. And then, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. My kids, I, so I have a two 13 month old twins. Yeah, we should probably say that. You were not children. the one who puked. I have children. I was not the one who puked. Um, <laughs> my wife was not the one who puked. She would appreciate if I cl- clarified that. I, did not get to read the extra stuff, but 
as people who may be familiar with me on this show are, I love learning stuff from you. While I may be a skeptic, while I may be somebody who uh, uh, needs, uh, yeah, just not, uh, just not there. Just not there. I would love for, I think my thing is always, I would love for something like a spaceship to show. Who wouldn't? That would be awesome. I think that's just not, I just don't, I personally do not see that happening. However, I always love listening to you because you're passionate and you do your research and you talk to people and you get this, as you've always said, human perspective out of things. And um, I'm excited. I just thought like, you know, well, instead of trying to read through that while I'm uh, trying to get some kids to eat squash, which they do eat squash pretty happily. um <laughs> I would just wait and listen, and maybe some of the people who are watching as well may be not as familiar with the case, and they can learn along with me, and we will keep an open mind and all that good stuff, because based on the movie, I have some thoughts. <laughs> you and me both, brother, I have for a couple sure. thoughts, just a couple. <laughs> um, well, let's see here. Now I become death ass. There's a Betty and Barney Hill movie. Yes, so yeah. that's what we're discussing tonight. This was a made-for-television movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it aired on October 20th, 1975, mm-hmm. on NBC. Uh, and, yeah, this was as, I'm going to say it right now, kind of as accurate as you can come when it comes to um, adapting certain events for television or movies. When it comes to UFOs, a lot of people, Andrew, you included, um, were introduced to the Fire in the Sky movie. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge departure from what supposedly actually happened to right. Travis Walton, the logger in Arizona. Um, you know, so far as him coming forward after the movie came out and being like, yeah, make, like none of that actually happened. I, they right. they wanted to make a horror movie. They wanted to set it apart from other movies that had come out at the time about abductions. So they kind of straight up like went with a horror-esque aspect. And that's really not what he... Uh, experience but with this movie as we're gonna talk about tonight a lot of this dialogue actually comes directly from the transcripts of the hypnosis sessions that both betty and barney hill went under with their abduction experience so i mean we're getting like we're literally getting it from the mouths of the people who uh claim that this happened and i'm actually going to play a little later some of the audio clips from the actual hypnosis sessions which are they're 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 tough. Even they're in tough the movie, they're pretty wild. In the, even in the movie, they're like they're intense. There's some good, and again, that has to do. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that in this movie, playing Betty and Barney, you have um, Estelle Parsons, who, uh, for me, per- she's done a, a million things for me personally. Maybe for some others, I know her best as the mom on Roseanne, right. um, uh, and uh, James Earl Jones is in this, yep. a young younger James Earl Jones, and it's. They're incredible and they make a lot of stuff really work. And also, so the, I was going to tell you this before. I would just want to get this out of the way because I'm too darn excited. The director, Richard A. Cola, mm-hmm. directed a lot of television, like a lot, like, and it's always like one episode, like MacGyver, uh, Chips, Wizards and Warriors, Miami uh, Vice, Miami Vice. But he directed the original. Battlestar Galactica movie. Yes. After this, about just a few years after this, yep, as well. Yep, yep. And um, 
and then directed I probably I, probably the pilot maybe more of the uh, television show as well as the original TV show. So there's just right. it's it and then with the writers they went on to um like write one of them wrote like Children of a Lesser God I think mm-hmm. um and the the other one wrote like yeah a Bob Hope special and like there's just some like. It's interesting to look at like a TV movie, which I even think at the time would have garnered some kind of stigma, but it eventually like, you know, TV movies can be hit or miss and see just some heavy hitters like this. Like it's, 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 I love seeing stuff like that. I love seeing people like, you know, these people, almost everybody involved went on to have very solid careers. Some even, you know, way more than that. James Earl Jones just had a, a theater on Broadway named after him. Yeah. Um, yep. So there's just like some, it's just awesome that the, all that was involved just for a TV movie on, you know? Well, um, and you know, I think that kind of goes to the credibility of this case. Uh, now, this is a case that a lot of people in the UFO field, when it comes to abductions, myself included, um, I am a skeptic believer. And I have interviewed hundreds of people who have claimed to have been abducted by aliens, but I'm not going to flat out say that I I buy it, you know, 100%. Um, the people that have spoken to me, I believe they believe this happened to them, but did it actually happen in the reality as we know it? Um, I couldn't tell you. But this case, Andrew, is really one that I turn people to, turn the skeptics to, to look at and be like, huh. Because first you have this dynamic of two people experiencing it. A a lot of these cases, it's one person claiming they were abducted, kidnapped by aliens, experimented on, brought back. And, um, you know, there's no one else there to really corroborate the story here. You have a couple, um, and we will talk about that couple in just a little bit, um, under different regressions and together, but first separate, um, telling very strikingly similar stories, which is controversial. And I'm sure we can, dive into that as well but um you did mention the writers i do want to also add that one of the writers on the screenplay was a gentleman named john g fuller and he actually wrote a book he was the first to actually make this story go public wow um it was featured in a boston newspaper but this book was the first time that this story really broke and went international and betty and barney hill became like you know names across the world not just in the United States. And uh, John wrote a book called The Interrupted Journey. And um, he would go on to also help write the screenplay uh, because he was part of the original investigation of this case, meeting directly with Betty and Barney Hill, um, you know, garnering relationships with them. And um, really, they put their trust in this guy to do their story right. And the book did incredible, uh, so much so that there eventually came this movie not too many years later. How, like, what was the visibility like on this? I mean, I know, like, obviously it must have been pretty strong. I've got a movie. Like, I'm trying to think of something else to compare it to that I've had experience talking to you about. Like, I think Communion was, like, wasn't Communion a big seller? Like, that book, and that's the one with the gray on the cover? Like, was it that kind of big? Like, was it, like, was this something that everybody was kind of, like you know, when they say like literally everybody, or was it more of like a, like it was, you know, it was popular. Yeah. To an extent. Um, Douglas Sprague is here, by the way, I just want to say my father, thanks for joining us, dad. Appreciate you being here. 
Um, hang around, Dad. Hang around. This story gets pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. We got Winston here from Australia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We got Jake here. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Thank what you. What time is it here. in Australia right now? Good question. It's got to be sometime in what? I don't feel like. Are they Google, ahead of us or behind us? I, I believe they're. I believe it's two days from now over there. Oh, right my now. gosh. Yeah, You're yeah, living yeah, in the yeah, future. Yeah. Mm-hmm, You're mm-hmm. living in the future. Grant mm-hmm. is too here. Grant's here from Australia. As Hello. Well. And yet I'm not getting I'm not getting any answers about what time <laughs> it is in Australia. We've got two Australian Let people. us know in the chat. Nobody, because because look again, I'm not I'm not googling unless I'm looking up the IMDb for this movie. IMDb, yeah, yeah that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's go with that. Um, what, so, what was I, your question? I, I only got <laughs> thanks, Doug Sprague. You got me all frazzled about how on um, live like, stream. <laughs> Uh, like how popular was this? Like how? Yeah. Like like are we talking like really really huge or was it more? I of mean, like, honestly, I, I know man, that's, was... that's a tough question. This was like the first Maybe case. Yeah, this was the first case. I'm, wow. I'm uh, th- like, wow. this is what put the gray alien um, into popular culture. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know the image that Whitley Strieber has on his book that went crazy as well in pop culture. But these two were kind of the first to really bring this story story forward of alien abduction. So when you say first case, you mean the first like recorded American case of alien abduction. Yes. Um, to go on record and really go public, I'm sure there were others um, deep in the, you know, bowels of UFO history. Yeah, dude. It did. Yeah. 1961. Like, even when was Roswell? 57? 47. 47? Nothing, nothing between 47 and 61, even so, after like that got into everybody's. Right. I, I would so even we think have, there would be some people that would lie about it. <laughs> right. So we have the throughout the late 50s into the 60s, we had the um, what is kind of coined the contactee movement. You had mm-hmm. a lot of these space brother stories where people claimed that they were visited by aliens who would bring them on their ship and bring them to, you know, Venus and bring them back to earth within seconds. <laughs> or um, these people would go out to Joshua tree in the middle of the desert of California and like channel in UFOs and people and aliens and um, talk to them. Mm-hmm. But this whole idea of aliens kidnapping, like unwillingly by the humans, taking people and experimenting on them, really came forward with this Betty wow. and Barney Hill case. Yeah. That's, fasc- um, that's fascinating to me. It's pretty that interesting. Wasn't until I would have expected, I don't know, like even like in the early 1900s, at least like when that stuff was like popping up in pulp novels and stuff like that, like war of the world, like n- even, even around war of the world's time, nobody ever, that's so sorry. I'm just, I'm ju- that's, but this is <laughs> pretty crazy, man. I know. I know. That's well, and wild. again, like, we got to think, you know, this is 61, so we're living in the the a, the atomic age and sure. what let's I guess let's kind of paint the picture. Okay. Um yes, please. And welcome we're featuring the New York City sirens in this episode as well. <laughs> Apologies <laughs> to everyone out there. 61. So we're kind of in, you know, the throes of the Cold War. Um we're on the brink of a nuclear threat. Um mm-hmm. Hopefully that's not what's going on outside right now, uh, which is startling because, you know, we're, we're living in an age right now where the thought of nuclear threat is bigger than it's been in a long time. So 
I do wonder, are we going to see an uptick in UFOs and this idea of abductions uh, happening again? Um, We won't get into that. We won't get Mm -hmm. into that. That's for another episode. But uh, this idea of others, of others Mm -hmm. invading, of others um, having more power than us, of others uh, just doing things against our will. This is something that will play out in the Betty and Barney Hill case. So does the time period have a lot to do with this? Absolutely, because I would also say that we are very heavy in the uh, civil rights movement at this point. And speaking of others and people not wanting people to get more power than they have and things of that nature, I just think that that was also on a lot of people's minds at this time and I believe will be very relevant to to this particular. And especially, again, (laughs) at least the way the movie presented it. Um, I do think it, I, from what I read the little bit that I did read, it seemed like, um, uh, that is out there as well, but yeah. Yeah. So here we have the actual Betty and Barney Hill. Mm -hmm. I did want to, before we get into the movie, uh, this is them and this is the actual couple. And like we mentioned the civil rights movement, this was an interracial couple couple in the early sixties. So as you said, you can imagine this was, not easy. They also lived in New Hampshire, so I'm sure it was even harder. Um, and that is kind of where we start this story. Mm-hmm. Um, let's kind of, I guess, we'll start from the beginning um, with the movie. Uh, let's move to our next slide here. Um, so September 1961, um, we kind of start the movie where, like you mentioned, Betty played by James, or excuse me, Barney played by James Earl Jones, Estelle Parsons playing Betty. Uh, they are with their dog in the car, and they're going down this road looking for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to be obsessed with trying to find a certain road that they were on where they don't remember something that had happened to them. And mm-hmm. constantly they find themselves keep going out and out to look for this uh, this road and, and try to bring back these memories of something that happened to them that they just don't seem to remember. And, um, that's kind of where our story starts. And yeah, Yeah, wasn't it like they were, they were driving, they were driving someplace and all of a sudden they're like 15 minutes away, even though they had only just started driving. Yes. So we have what was called missing time, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a phenomenon that was coined later on by a alien abduction researcher named Bud Hopkins. And this happens with a lot of quote unquote abductees. They, they feel like there was time missing between something, either they black out and wake up somewhere else, or they're just missing chunks of time in their life that they cannot account for. And within those gaps in time, uh, through such things as hypnotherapy and, um, and regression, supposedly, real memories are brought to the surface of what could have possibly happened. Right. And um, that's kind of what we see play out in this movie. Betty and Barney end up going to a psychiatrist and a gentleman named uh, Benjamin Simon and try to retrieve the memories of what happened to them. But um, it's rough, man. I mean, this couple sure. is just like at each other's throats because they both know something happened, but they don't know what. And they right. keep kind of like bickering at one another and having these really hostile arguments about, you know, why do we keep doing this? And we got to move on with our lives and, and this and that and this and that. So like, all right, we got to talk to someone. And they end up finding this doctor. Mm-hmm. And um, 
He puts them both under hypnotic regression. And lo and behold, this is where our story plays out of Betty and Barney Hill, which we'll get to. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, anything you want to cover before we really get into the meat of all that? I Well, I think um, I'm trying to remember when they uh, showed them having dinner with their friends. Was that before or after the psychiatrist? Now, the movie, we should say, is a little choppy. Now, we don't really know. We kind of jump between timelines of, is this from the past? Is this in the future? Is this the mem? Like, what's going on? So that's a little uh, critique I have of the film is Mm -hmm. I I wasn't exactly sure how the story was playing out at certain times, um, which could also play into the fragmented memories that they had if the um, writers and directors were really going down that route. But um, what you're referring to was a dinner party that they had at their home. Um, Mm -hmm. And I believe this was after the event because we really start to see. um, Well, no, I knew it was after each other. I knew it was after the event. I just didn't remember if it was after they, because we're going right to the psychiatrist. I didn't want to like not bring that moment up. Oh, gotcha. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Cause that's when we get the first, some of the first bits of the like racial tension going on between them right? Um, and yeah. how he uh, says something about those white people are like the, the white um, and she gets offended that he, he lumped her in with the, these other people, these other white people. Um, but right. she is uh, like saying that she's different. I, just, I, I, it was, it was a, a really interesting. I, so I am uh, half white and half black. My parents are mixed and I, uh, have always been kind of fascinated by mixed uh, relationships, uh, mainly because I love them. Uh, but I also <laughs> know that there can be like, there was a time where it wasn't easy. And I think this is a great, I think this movie shows that in a very effective way. Again, that's a lot of that is the actors involved as well, but I think it's just getting across something that coincidentally enough at the time that we were able to handle a little bit better on in like a public television kind of way. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel hokey. It didn't feel like a movie of the week. It didn't feel watered down. Like it felt like a very real conversation that they were having. And I think she did that very well. I think everybody in that scene handled that very well, but I just, um, I just love that. Like, and again, like I do think it, there's a little bias on my part, I guess, but there's also just this idea that I do think that's what the movie is pushing at the end of the day, because I think it's one of the scenes that it, um, even slightly illustrates the movie's bias towards this being a shared hallucination from the two of them brought on by possibly brought on by a, um, an incident or like a hated, a hate, that's a hate, yeah. a jet, like um, a hate crime or something like that, but also, or just the pressure between the two of them building and building and building and just kind of exploding at the same time. And then maybe some kind of shared psychosis, like Randy Quaid and his wife. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, not to make light of it, but yeah, that no, was a good yeah. comparison for sure. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I want to thank yeah, uh, Randy Quaid wishes. Yeah. Right. I know. Oh God. What is up with that guy? Where is he even anymore in a bunker somewhere? I think he was like going to run for office somewhere. Oh God. Please no. Uh, Dania, thank you so much for the super sticker. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Dania. Super chat is open, guys, too, if you want to help out the show. 
put your comments up here. We'll answer your questions mm-hmm. the best we can. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, well, and before okay. you before you ask again, yes, the shirt I'm wearing is available at tpublic.com. <laughs> tpublic.com slash somewhere in the skies. I love you. Well, okay. So let's talk about the, they they go to their first session, Mm. hypnosis session. Mm. Um, Let's see if I have a slide for that. Um, uh, Nothing more reliable than hypnosis. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So we have Benjamin Simon played by uh, a gentleman by the name of Bernard Hughes, a very well-known stage actor and film actor as well. Um, And does a great job of playing this psychiatrist who is extremely skeptical about what is eventually um, uncovered in these, but sure. No. And again, not a bad actor in the bunch. Like this is all everything. This, this movie is really well-made T to B like it's there's there's a lot of good stuff going on yeah yeah so I guess what we can do is let's talk about the meat of um Barney's first hypnotic regression this is where I think James Earl Jones really shines in these hypnosis scenes absolutely there's when yeah. when he starts to when he's trying to grab for his gun or where he's just like when he's just like terrified there's also something I'll say exciting because I can't think of it another word, but it's also like kind of frightening and it's just like, I guess titillating maybe. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a big dude. And to see somebody that big get that scared is scary. Like there's an extra yeah. impact to that. You're seeing somebody who's afraid who you think could take out a whole room full of, full of aliens if you needed to. Like it's, I don't know. Like it's just, he's, that's a big, even at one point, like he was walking around shirtless and I looked over my wife. I was like, he, this man was a beast. Like he was, he was huge. <laughs> I think he was like 39 when they made this, something like that. But he's, yeah. I, I just, he's, um, yeah. So I, th- that those scenes were so effective. And again, it didn't feel hokey or weird it didn't feel like it felt very honest and they really felt afraid during that both of them during both are like it's it's i think that's what helps make the movie successful to begin with it's also um i can see why the case is so alluring as well not just on a um uh extraterrestrial level but on a, a human level Right. Like you, f- you feel for these people because no matter what, they're going through something. Yeah, you know, even if whether it's real or not, there's something. There's something wrong, <laughs> um, and yeah. neither of them are. Uh, once it's really brought up to the surface, neither of them are really ready to handle it, and it's it's. I'm sure everybody's had something like that in their life. Right. Right. Well. Yeah. And so I guess with Barney. You know, the hypnosis hypnosis brings out um, kind of the beginning of the encounter. Mm-hmm. Now, they hear this weird beeping noise. They see these lights over their car. And then they stop and they see a craft come down from the sky and these beings coming out of the forest towards them. And I actually, Andrew, now, like we mentioned, a lot of these hypnosis scenes 
were actually from the transcripts from the hypnosis sessions that were recorded and are available to the public. Um, and, you know, I would highly suggest if you haven't seen this movie, go watch James Earl Jones deliver this monologue. Yeah. And look, it's a, yeah, it's, and it's, it's an hour and a half. It's on YouTube for free. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing to lose. And again, you got it's nothing not, to lose. it's not boring by any stretch of the imagination. Like it's, right. it's, there's no, have you ripping? It is. Have you heard the actual tapes? I have not. Okay. I'm going to play a partial um, section from Barney's first uh, hypnosis session when he saw the beings. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on the other side after you hear this. All cool. Right? All right. Cool. What did he tell you? Stay there and keep looking. Just keep looking and stay there. And just keep looking. Just keep looking. Could you hear each other? Oh, I gotta pull these binoculars away from my eyes. Cause if I don't, I'll just keep staying there. Could you hear each other this? Oh no, he didn't say it. You felt he said it. Right? I know. You know he just said it. Just there, yeah. Just stay there, he's saying to me. Initial thoughts. I mean, just hearing that one section. As we had said at the top, um, my uh, mind is usually one that tends to go towards uh, skepticism. <laughs> uh, it, to me, to see, uh, like, to hear a, um, I have heard that tone. I have heard that terror. I have heard that horror before, and it can come when you are. Um, when somebody does something to you based something harmful, something hurt, like, you know, and, 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 uh, that is uh, racially motivated. Mm -hmm. Um, and in this, we're in 1961, they're driving down the middle of a highway. Um, if, if, if I had to guess what probably happened, if I thought, because my mind would not go to aliens is that somebody probably stopped them and did something to them that they mentally could not reckon with. And both hmm. came up with it. Cause I do hear that terror in his voice, but I don't, um, that doesn't immediately scream alien to me. Um, and hmm. again, like that's, if that's the story that they're telling and, and, they were the ones that were there. And it's, it's always something where like, I am never saying I'm never calling bullshit necessarily. Um, I think it's just, I, I think there is probably a more likely explanation. Um, and I think it's something that happened to a lot of people back then, especially people who dared, um, cross that, uh, racial line. I get it. I understand. Um, now, let's, I guess, well, that's a good way to kind of set up this up. Let's just play Betty's 
section um, mm-hmm. as well. Now you can see in this, and I I might need another detail filled in for me too because sure because something I was having a hard time with in the movie itself was the flaming car or the car with the flames on it that was like chasing after them. It okay. seemed like. Yep, yep. What yep. was what was that? Is that in reference to something that happened, or is that so? In the beginning of the film, uh, we get this weird choppy scene, which actually was very. When I realized what it was, it was very startling. Um, mm. It's a group of like greasers, it's like right. straight up greasers, yeah, uh, white teenagers in their car, mm. and mm. they saw this interracial couple couple drive by them and their immediate reaction is to get in their car and start chasing after them and giving them shit about it. Um, And as this is happening, um, Betty is actually having snippets like remembrances of aliens chasing after them. So that was pretty effing terrifying and also goes exactly to your point. We don't know what's up from left uh, excuse me, up from down, left from right. Right. Uh, white teenage greaser or alien, um, right. which yeah, I exactly. think really plays into what you're saying. Yeah, like that, because that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, did, and hearing that explanation of it, it almost sounds like, oh, this, somebody is committing a hate crime against her, her, against her and she's, because of it, is remembering this other hate crime that happened, which she has since cloaked in an alien abduction. Um, I think that's where my mind goes with that. And I, and I'm, I apologize to anybody who came here for something a little bit more lighthearted. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I, did, I mean, that's, I, I just, it's, it's just an on, on analysis. Yeah. This is not a uh, fun story no again really this not. is very traumatic no matter what happened <laughs> yeah. i mean look at the look at her face yeah man. i mean oh, something it. happened to these two yeah. um mm-hmm. i i want to talk a little about before we play her audio um the aliens that are shown in the movie i thought they now, were great oh my I god mean, man. Man, like Shadow. look at these things they're so vapor wavy yeah. and like simple and i, like I just the big love eyes, the big weird eyes like those uh, are great and look sometimes it's, sometimes it's all about what you don't show like they're covered in shadow for a good chunk of it like i think that i thought that was really effective i thought they did a great job with the practical yeah. effects i mean no yeah almost no uh very early computer generated effects in this movie they built no. that spaceship they yeah. built this set i mean yeah. that forest looks like a, it was built in a studio, um, which I love. Look at that yeah, yeah, fake yeah. moon too. It's yeah. so like simple, and yeah. um, it, it it reminds me of like a comic book almost. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, I I know I like I said. There's a lot of good craft that went into this. Like it's just, um, I'm I'm interested to hear more about the actual case. I'll put it that way. Like, right. um, because yeah. 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 Um, well, let's see here. Now I am become death asks what initially triggered their belief had happened in the first place. Um, again, I think it was in the movie really shows us the hypnosis, it is right? the hypnosis yeah. and also uh, just this feeling, this, em- this void in both of them mm-hmm. of they came home. Um, we should mention this, you know, they come home the night that this event supposedly happened. And, um, Betty's dress is ripped and torn and Barney's shoes are all scuffed up. And um, 
you know, they've got like weird marks on them and, um, and they just don't remember. They don't remember what happened or, or they didn't want to remember what happened, which again is what we've been alluding to all night so far. Um, but yeah, that was what kind of initially triggered them to reach out to a psychiatrist and then try to, uh, unravel these, these memories. Mm -hmm. Um, and then with Betty, her first hypnosis is like, extremely yeah uh, oh yeah uh, vivid and um we see this one image up there at the top of the aliens kind of doing weird tests on her and stuff mm-hmm. and um you know what let, let me play let me play the audio andrew because that's kind of where i think i got the clip is when she's talking about what happened once they're on the craft sure. now they're dragged into this craft and um and you know barney goes one way betty goes the other and they don't even really know what happens to one another during this. So let's go ahead and play this small clip of uh, Betty's actual abduction uh, experience, according to her. And the examiner has a long needle in his hand. And I see the needle. And it, it's, it's bigger than any needle I've ever seen. And... I asked him what he's going to do with it. And he said, just a simple test of alternate. And I asked him what. And he said, he just wants to put it in my table. It's just a simple test. And I don't know. It will hurt. Don't do it. Don't do it. And he said, no, it won't hurt. And he sticks a needle into my table. And he says, I'll be all right. I won't feel it. <sighs> and all the pain goes away. Again, like mm-hmm. it, it, it's hard to listen to this, no matter what happened. But I mean, what do you, I, what do you think? What do you think after hearing that? That she was like at least sexually assaulted and whatever happened. Okay to them <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to hear it any other way personally like and i think again that they just yeah. had a really hard time dealing with it that hi robert i'm glad you're here um that they had a real um hard time dealing with it even saying that it's something like that happening to her belly button almost feels like a like changing up a slight detail like almost right. like in a way to make it feel better for herself as to what happened to her Right. Um, and yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, even the language, time. even with what the guy is saying to her in the moment, like it won't hurt. Don't worry about it. Like it's not. You won't feel anything. Like it just all feels um, too familiar, unfortunately. And I know that there is a possibility for the brain to just not, you know, to kind of like shut down to protect you from things like that when things like that happen to you. Um, yeah. It uh, like, and I didn't even really pick up on it as much, or that aspect of it. No, I think when I was watching the movie, I thought I was like, "Is this some kind of like abortion thing? Did she have maybe have an abortion and couldn't deal with it?" Or, but, um, but then now, like hearing, especially hearing her there on the recording, I'm like, I, I think she was. I think something else happened. Hey guys, Ryan here. The Somewhere in the Skies podcast is a labor of love every week. 
And with that comes many different costs to keep the show running. That's where our Patreon campaign comes in. You give what you think the show is worth. There's different rewards available all the time, including shoutouts on the show, early editions of main episodes, bonus episodes and content, and very soon, monthly patron hangouts, where we sit back and chat all things UFOs. So I hope you'll consider becoming a Patreon subscriber today. To learn more and to join, visit patreon.com slash somewhere skies. Thank you for your support and keep looking up. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Now, this is this is what a lot of skeptics turn to in terms of the alien abduction phenomenon. These are memories of childhood trauma, of sexual abuse, of, um, you know, anything to put a mask over what actually happened. And I completely understand what you're saying. And my only, not even defense, what I want to do, Andrew, is because I understand everything you're saying. Mm-hmm. And it could very well have been a situation like that but there is a lot of evidence that has been brought forward about um what happened and and did somebody have the book did somebody end up getting their hand on the book let's talk (laughs) about that so betty 
says that um, these aliens, when she was aboard the craft, that mm. they gave her a book that would explain who they are, where they come from, why they're doing what they're doing, and a lot of this stuff. So interesting. They, they kind of like, they kind of, you know, slide it over to her and be like, all the answers are right here. And then they're immediately like, psych, yeah, exactly. <laughs> take it back. We and talked like, about no, it. Yeah. This is the only way that I can prove that this happened. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And the other big thing was um, they showed her this star map yes. of where they yes. are from and where we are in relation mm-hmm. to them. And I thought this was pretty funny in the movie and in the actual um, hypnosis session. She says that the alien said, do you know where you are on this? And she's like, no, not really. There are people on my planet who know where all the stars are and planets Mm -hmm. and stuff, but I'm not really one of them. So Mm -hmm. you probably picked the wrong person. Um, She's like, but where are you guys from? (laughs) The aliens straight up like, if you don't even know where the hell you are on this map, you're not going to understand where the hell we're from. So we're not (laughs) even going to bother with this. You're wasting our time putting you back in your car sort of situation. So so I will say that was a detail that uh, piqued my, because she redrew the star map. Yes. Um, Yeah. So let me get to that, actually. Because my question that is like, is there a specific way to draw us like is there a format for a star map oh this was her drawing so her drawing is on the top left after uh-huh. hypnosis this is the sketch she came up with of what she uh-huh. remembered um and that was in 1963 um right. astronomers in 1969 discovered this star cluster near zeta reticuli one and two um and just look at how similar it is yeah and most of those stars were not discovered until years later um so this is something that a lot of people turn to and be like Mm. huh like how the hell could she have known that look no that's that's uh, i uh, to me that's more like the fun stuff because this is there's there's really is no like there's no good way to explain that (laughs) right right like how do you and i'm sure there are skeptics out there who can um explain it away somehow like maybe she had some some knowledge of it beforehand or i was about uh, to say was she perchance uh college educated i believe so i mean she was an extremely intelligent woman so is mm-hmm. um barney was also extremely intelligent because he I, had I, like I, a crazy iq from what i recall i'm realizing um, now that i yeah. don't really know much about their lives before all this aside from the fact that they're both divorced yes so they were both divorced um a Betty grew up in New Hampshire, her entire family for century over yeah, a century. She got that accent. She got a yeah. little bit of the New Hampshire. It's crazy, dude. Estelle Parsons knocks it out of the park too. Um, uh, almost yeah. to the point where you can't understand some of it. Yeah. Um, reminds me of, the, of another person from Massachusetts who's going to be featured in an upcoming episode of Somewhere in the Skies. Hey, that was might be teasing a little yeah. something, something there. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Cindy says, didn't scientists recreate? Never mind, Ryan's on it. Yep, we gotcha. We gotcha, Cindy. Um, Pinzer says, makes a lot of sense. Good points, I think. Um, talking about what you were saying, Andrew. Um, but yeah, so the star map is definitely one of the more convincing aspects to all this. There's a few other things that, um, if you want, we can jump to. In sure. terms yeah, of, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because cool. I, like Let's I do said, it. I think people should check out the movie. I think, but but I also think, like you know, I think we've gotten into all that we can really get. It. We talked about the aliens, you know. Aside from that, it's just kind of rehashings of the case. So I would love to hear more about the case itself. 
yeah. and ask and ask some questions on my own. Well, I bite yeah. this small piece of Twizzler that was on my desk. All right. <laughs> so here we have um, the University of New Hampshire actually set up an exhibit um, at their school about this incident. It did make you know, <laughs> New Hampshire on the map. It put them on the map when it comes to the whole alien thing. And what you see here is a... Um, a Do they still have that up? I believe so. Mm. It might still be up there. Mm. Um, that is the actual dress. If it isn't, if I am mistaken, someone might correct me, it is a replica. Um, mm. The bust is of the alien that she supposedly saw. You've got a few other things in there, a sketch that she did, some letters I'm sure that were um, about the case. Uh, but this is pretty interesting. The school thought yeah. it was credible enough to make this. Um, let's see what else they have. I, I think I have a little section on that here. Um, this is in the Diamond Library. And um, yeah, it's got journals, essays, newspaper clippings, slides, films, audio tapes, all relating to this case. And um, did she go the to the dress. University of New Hampshire? I don't know that. I, I don't know. Someone in the chat might be able to to fill us in on that. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure about that. Um, but the dress. Let's let's talk about that for a little bit. This was another mm. piece of evidence. Apparently, after the night that this event happened, Andrew, um, she thought, you know, something's going to come of all this. I know something happened. Maybe I'll figure it out. I'm not doing anything with the dress. And she kind of rolled it up. And you see this in the movie, too. Rolled it up in a ball and put it in the closet and, um, you know, didn't really bring it forward until people started asking for evidence of what happened. And she brought out the dress and um, it had, when they did, like, tests on it, they found some sort of substance on the dress that could not be explained. They had Ohio State, I believe, look at it. They're scientists. They had police in, look into it, um, other scientists as well. And there was some sort of residue on the dress that could not be explained in terms of a, um, a earthly explanation. Um, wow. And if you don't mind, last clip I'm going to show, I promise. No, 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 please. Okay. Um, while we're on evidence, I'm going to show a clip of Kathleen Martin, who's actually the niece of Betty and Barney Hill. Um, and she's kind of taken the reins on the case and kept it alive and kept the legacy of her, her aunt and uncle alive, too, with this thing. And she's done an investigation on it herself. But I actually found a clip of her talking about the dress with a local um, news station, I believe, either in the UK or Australia. Um, but let me go ahead and play that. Still don't know what time it is in Australia, Australia listeners. Let us know. Grant, you're okay. in the chat. Let us yeah, know. Yeah, people in the chat. That's going to mean nothing to hear the people who hear this as a podcast. <laughs> Betty's dress was torn in several locations. There was a two-inch tear in the zipper fabric, uh, the stitching at the top of her dress, a one-inch tear in the thick zipper fabric. The dress was torn from waist to hemline, and the hem was torn down on one side. It indicated that something had happened that Betty could not remember. It had been in fine condition when she put it on that day. She folded the dress up when she arrived home and put it in her closet, knowing that she would have to repair it. The next time she took the dress out, it was covered with a pink powdery substance, not the entire dress. Some of it remained blue, but the pink powder discolored the fiber in the dress and degraded the fiber. Did you have it analyzed? What was it? It is one of the pieces of concrete evidence. It has been analyzed in at least five scientific laboratories to date. 
and uh, the finding is anomalous. They have found proteins on the dress. They have found oils on the dress. They know that they did not belong to Betty. The dress is most deeply saturated with the pink substance in the areas where Betty stated that the these non-human entities actually touched but is it, is it, the dress. Is it of this planet? They were not able to determine whether or not this was of this planet. Certainly some of the material on that dress was. Uh, there was dirt, there was bacteria, there were that those sorts of things that w- would be on any uh, article of human clothing, particularly after it had been sitting in a closet. So, yeah. I mean, that's Kathleen Martin, the niece, talking about it. They found this pink residue that couldn't be explained. Um, and there also people in the chat are mentioning, I did not mention this, and this was not talked about in the movie. Uh, there were marks on their car. There were radiation tests done on the car. Which oh, I no, they had. mentioned the marks on the car in the did movie. Did they? I, yeah, I on the back of the that. car. I think, or yeah. she's, uh, yeah, but they mentioned something being on the car. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I love how subtle the New Hampshire accent is. It's almost like a Massachusetts accent, but it only comes out. Um, no, I um, I, I appreciate that she's still uh, doing that, and I also think like the stuff. I love like you know physical evidence when it's something that can be with it. That's kind of like hard to explain. Um, mm-hmm. Like you know, because again, rips and tears in a dress. It could just go along with the things that we've mentioned already. Um, once exactly. you add in a an unknown substance on there, things start to at least get a little bit muddier um was it a substance on the back of a car of the car or just like mark like i believe it was like physical markings i don't know if Mm -hmm. any sort of um if it was some sort of residue or something like that but i do recall and again correct me in the chat guys i'm not an expert on this case i can fully admit i haven't looked into it as much as others um i believe they did like geiger counter tests and they did find trace amounts of radiation higher than normal on well, the back of the car. She she does that with the compass in the movie. Yes, that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah spinning yeah. out of control. She, said, <laughs> she has one of my favorite lines, which is my sister said the compass is basically like a Geiger meter. Because, you know, you just kind of, <laughs> you talk about those things with your siblings. Um, yeah. I think it was sister. I could, I could be misquoting that, but it was just kind of <laughs> so funny to me. That I was like, somebody casually told you that a compass works like a guy. Hey, Okay, zombie saint. Look, look, look. Okay, look, look, look. We got a time. We got a time. We got a time. We got a time. Twelve nineteen. Thank you, Grant. Grant. Wow, it's getting late. Being here, man. (laughs) Wow. Well, no, it's twelve. It's like noon. Twelve nineteen. Or noon. Oh, there we go. Come on. Yeah. No, Ryan. Australia is three hours or an hour, two hours ahead. What are you doing? My my math is horrible. I'm sorry, guys. It's getting late (laughs) over here on the east coast here. Thank you. Grant. Says the guy Grant. with not twins and, you know, has to be up in the morning anyway, to work. Look, like all that matters right now is Grant is my favorite Australian and I've met Hugh Jackman. So <laughs> um, I did, too. I actually met him two weeks ago. I'm working at Music Man on Broadway. That was, that was, that was He's doing the same thing. He uh, he he hands out lottery tickets to on employees Fridays? at the theater. Yep. On oh, Sundays oh, now. Sundays. Amazing. Now. What a cool yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. What a cool he is dude. He's an awesome dude. Um, wow, that we got off track there. Um, I don't remember where we were. I'm just so happy <laughs> to know what time it is in Australia. Yeah, the biggest mystery of this episode has been solved. We're done. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Um, <laughs> night let's um, I guess Andrew, because again, man, I don't want to keep you too long. Again, oh um, no, no, no. Um, so I let me see if I, 
if I what, have any. Uh, yeah, what questions? Questions. Um, I guess so. We know that he died of a stroke, and I she mentions a stroke earlier on in the movie, but the line kind of like went over my head. Is there was there ever an implication that she predicted his death? I don't believe so, but we do okay. see in the film uh, that Barney Hill is constantly thinking about his mortality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, is this this has to do with he was depressed after this event happened. He had these thoughts of like a nuclear fallout from the Cold mm-hmm. War happening. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's going to have a stroke because it runs in the family. And um, he, as we find out at the end of the film, was right. He died at yeah. the age of 46 unfortunately of a stroke um died in 1969 and then i mean look at this portrait of um (laughs) of betty i mean 85 years old she Mm -hmm. lived too yeah yeah yeah. smoking that cigarette dying of lung cancer um which she would eventually die of yeah in 2004 um it is it is but i mean dude until her dying day she stuck to this story yeah which um is interesting. It's interesting. Sure. But yeah. 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 I don't know. I guess I don't have as many questions as I thought. Like the tapes kind of make me feel one way, but I also like, you know, people, was there anything, was there anybody in particular that publicly like came out to rebuke this? Anybody? Um, oh, yes. that time. Yeah. 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 No, you have Carl Sagan famously um, tried to debunk the star map at one point. Um, I believe that's something people would have to look up on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. He sort of had an explanation for that. But uh. also um, there was another famous skeptic at the time named Philip Class who didn't believe um, any UFO sightings were legitimate and everyone was crazy and kooks and, and stuff like that. So he obviously would hop to these abduction cases and be like, see, these are the psychopaths or these are the crazy people making right. this stuff up. Right. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of detractors as there should be. But one thing I do want to mention, actually, I totally forgot about this. And we got um, a small part of it in the movie. Uh, Benjamin Simon, the psychiatrist, he meets – this is hilarious. He's at like a beach with a dude in full uniform yeah, from yeah, the yeah, U.S. Yeah, Air Force. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I loved that scene. <laughs> that, that was, was great. hilarious. He was, was like, well, I need though. some information. It was good, but it was just kind of – it was – you're right. It's like I called my old buddy from the high-ranking member of the Air Force <laughs> to just – <laughs> Tell me if this could have possibly been a UFO. I liked, yeah. I, I liked seeing the psychiatrist like kind of do his due diligence. I was like, he's just kind of well, like, you know. And you mentioned this. This film is not out to convince you this happened and this was not at They actually all, did which the I opposite, was, which I really, really Yeah, it was really refreshing because there's yeah. even even with the way that they present it, which I do think has a heavy bias towards it being some sort of hallucination or something. Mm-hmm. They are still. Um, the the things that they are presenting are still terrifying and they are still like you know you you want to believe because Estelle Parsons is a wonderful actor you do want to believe this woman like that's yeah. that's as I think is can be the hard thing with a lot of this kind of stuff you want to believe them you exactly know? um as the famous X-Files poster says yeah 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 um so here's a question for you were there because I thought the book was an interesting detail, but then now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it's not as like unique as I took it as. Um, but were there, if this was the first, were there like copycats? Were there people who like basically kind of said like almost the same thing happened to them? Wow, or, what a great question. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, this again, this was like the OG story. Sure. So you start hearing after this happens and this comes forward, um, dozens and dozens of people claiming the same thing. We saw the same beings, the same thing happened. We were kidnapped and brought on the craft. So again, chicken and egg scenario. Are these people right. telling the truth or um, who was inspired by what? And we should, I should mention Andrew and um, you know, this is going to piss a lot of people off. But Betty Hill did have a history of being interested in UFOs prior to this incident. What? 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 Oh, that blows the whole... that. <laughs> I had to put you full screen for that. Of course she knows how to draw a friggin' star map then. What? How interesting. Well, I wouldn't well, go... Like, well, I wouldn't okay, go so that how, how, how interesting. I can't draw an effing star map, and I've been studying UFOs and who's, for and half my life. Whose fault is that, Ryan? <laughs> um, <laughs> my parents, Doug Sprague, who's in the chat, didn't, didn't sign me up for um, Kids today. Star no, Map 101. No work ethic. If, if it was 1961, <laughs> you would have been drawing star maps all over the place. I, so that, we have to acknowledge that. She did have an interest in it. I would. I will say I would need more detail on that. Otherwise, okay. I would strike it. For, that is something I would need to know. Like, look, anybody could be interested in something. Um, but is this something that, like, that being said, my my threshold is very low. Like, if she's read, like, one book, everything is disqualified. <laughs> I understand that. And again, like, but at the same time, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Like, you can have an interest in this topic and still have a legitimate experience no. a oh, lot of people ab- could argue that too but absolutely and i would but it doesn't would, help it does not help no. the situation it doesn't and i would almost i would be sooner to dismiss it now than i would then and i the reason i would t- say that is because now i feel like it is more um our pop culture has been more saturated with UFO stories and UFO things like, like it's harder to not <laughs> Doug, um, oh, but Doug. it's harder to not know what a UFO is at this point. Um, so I would almost like, that's where I would have to be like, um, there you go. Okay. Fair, Robert. Um, that's fair, Robert. Um, also, Sorry, Andrew. I just wanted to say thank you to Mark for the uh, super sticker man. Oh, thanks yeah. for being here. Yeah, He's thanks, a huge Mark. supporter of the show. Oh, thanks, Mark. Um, so, oh shoot, a, I totally lost my train of thought there. Um, um just this, I this you know kind of preconceived. Interest oh yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, like so, yeah. So I think, I think, um, but I think back then, especially for it being them to be so few and far between, it's almost like. Oh, I'm going to break new ground here. Like we're going to get attention this way. Well, no, because no, and I'm sorry, I don't, because I don't want to say that because I do think these people went through something genuinely horrible. I do really believe that something bad happened to them. Yeah, uh, I just don't think it was UFO related, but I do, okay. do I do believe that something. I it's either like for what it's worth, I do believe they went through something horrific. Totally understandable. Um, oh, is that yeah. on the actual highway where it happened? Yes, that's where it happened. Oof, they have this man. marker there that you can go see. They're very proud of this sure. event, as many sure. small towns are of yeah. UFO events. You know, Roswell has a festival every year. Um, Flatwoods Monster in West Virginia. I, Hopkinsville Goblins, which I think you and I talked about at one point. Yeah. They've got like a little little marker oh, yeah, for that. Right. Yeah. Um, this can make a town. <laughs> 
these events. So yeah, sure. of course they're going to embrace it. You know, if it brings, brings people in and brings tourists in um, all the power to them. I, I yeah. think it's, it's great to do something like that. Um, a lot of people think it's exploitation, but Hey, you know, <laughs> Like, we live in a capitalist society. That's all yeah, I'm say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Grays are not chill. Someone said, "Yeah, they are not. They are the nah, they the are scary Grays are <laughs> sus. If anything, I love this. Steven says, "If I get abducted when I wake up, I'm going to say I'm from Detroit. Give me the keys, and no one gets hurt." <laughs> going to land the ship on Ryan's lawn. Oh, Steven, man, good, thanks, man. Good luck finding a lawn in New York City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Queens, you might have a little bit more luck. Um, uh, not as much <laughs> as you would think, but um, yeah. Let's. See, what is this comment here? Skinwalker Ranch dressing. I really want to see a parody of people being interviewed and looking crazy for regular daily experiences. He was outside my house touching things. Insert blurry photo of guy turning look, off the gas. Look, Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch dressing. Just as one pro tip. When you, when you get a pitch that hot, man, you keep it to yourself. You don't put you that got it. I know I'm you, stealing. You don't put that. You go make that. You go make that. You're talking to two writers here. Our job is to steal. <laughs> Ryan is not speaking for me on that one. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm just kidding. It is not. It's not, guys. We don't steal. We, don't steal. we borrow and we, we, we are inspired by. Um, what else do I have here? Oh. I met um, Kathleen Martin at a UFO event, actually. Yeah, I got a little photo of me here with her and um, Dr. Lynn Katai as well. She's another woman in the UFO field who um, saw the Phoenix Lights incident, Andrew. I don't know if you're familiar with that case back in 97 or 96. Uh, One of those two years, 97, I believe. Um, She took some crazy video of a huge UFO event that happened that thousands of people saw. But yeah, I got to meet... Kathleen Martin and talk to her all about her aunt and uncle in this case. And look, man, she believes it. She of course sticks by her, her family and has done a lot of investigation. So all the power to her. Yeah. No, there's um, there's something very noble about that. I can't like, you know, yeah. Can't be mad at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think really the only thing left to talk about, I guess would be, um, Project Blue Book, the official U.S. Air Force investigation unit, did look into this case. And, Interesting. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's what that scene in the movie kind of represented. Sure. Uh, the one where the, the Air Force guy on the beach, where was that? Um, yeah. Talking to his buddy, Benjamin Simon, that, yes, the Air Force does look into UFOs, and there's a 5% that we can't explain and that we need to look further into. And this guy even says, we looked at the Betty and Barney Hill thing and we can't Mm. explain it. We can't come up with a conventional explanation. But what I found really interesting, this was not in the movie. um, The U.S. Air Force did track a UFO on radar the same night that this event happened. In the same exact location where they said this event happened. That's a mic drop, I think, in terms of convincing evidence that something happened. There was at least a UFO there. And we have to remember, Betty and Barney Hill only remembered having seen something in the sky. Well, I think somebody said, and I think somebody said in the chat, they remember the abduction, but not the UFO. Or like being on the UFO, but not like seeing it or anything like that. I think it was actually the opposite. They did oh. remember seeing the UFO. They did not remember the abductions oh, until right, after hypnosis. Wrong. Sure. I'm wrong. 
No, I said maybe. I probably read it wrong then. Oh, okay. I I don't know. Someone correct us (laughs) in the chat. But either way, either way, there was no. I I think that's 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 um that's hmm. And again, like did Danny Hill somehow know about that? And then they were like, oh. We can use this to our advantage to create this, con- you know, concoct this story. There was a or, UFO. There's documentation. I don't know. Or, and allow me to play devil's advocate to my side a little bit right now. When did the Air Force uh, reveal that they spotted a UFO that night? I don't know. I don't know. I, I apologize. I would I lo- no, it's okay. It's okay. I would just love to know when that happened. Because if I was a government agency that was trying to keep people focused on stuff like that, corroborate, corroborating a story like that every now and then might keep people mm. invested and keep it. Cause it's like, it's big. They're not saying they didn't say anything directly. They don't have to claim like responsibility for it or anything. It's almost like the perfect kind of like uh, right. tugging along, like or like a little poke, just like oh, what a coincidence! Like they had this very part that was publicized, and we just happened to. Uh, I don't know. I think we may or may not have just absolutely spotted a UFO like in that same area that same night. That's crazy. Mm. Like I don't know. Moving on. Like good I, I point. Just, yeah. Hey, and, I mean, and, yeah, it could have been Russian. It could have been a Russian spy. Satellite could have been a top secret U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, aircraft, and when they heard that this this interracial couple was going around telling people they were kidnapped by aliens, uh, there's your cover story right there. That's going to keep people yeah. thinking all that stuff. And meanwhile, you know, look this way while we do this on the other. I, I don't know. That's that's interesting. I didn't think about that. It's also uh, one of those things where I just. Um... I'm trying to, I want to make sure I have this date. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to make it, like, very clear, um, like, how fraught it was to be in an interracial marriage um, at in 1961. Uh, loving, the Loving v. Virginia case hadn't even happened yet. Mm. Like, that's not until 1967. So interracial marriage was still, like, essentially outlawed in a lot, a lot of places. So, like... Right. It's just not, yeah. So it's just not, uh, not great, not great. Um, yeah. So, good point. but anyway, but but again, that UFO stuff is mighty. That's a mighty big. Uh, that's a uh, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I again, like, there is some interesting evidence to this case, and a lot mm. of people still turn to it as one of the most documented and credible cases. Um, but there's a lot working against it too. I mean, like you said, a lot of what this sounds like was some sort of probably racially ignited um, assault on both of them in some way, shape or form. You know, being dragged around, scuff marks on Barney's clothes, ripped dress on Betty, like, you know, and not wanting to remember and, and this and that, like. It makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what happened. I don't want no, people sure. to think, you know, that I'm immediately discounting this entire event. But these are the yeah. conversations that need to be had when it comes to something like this. Yeah. And one, I think the movie actually approached in a very, a very smart way. Yeah. I, I really respect them for doing that. I will say, 
I've been on the show quite a few times. Um, I don't think I we've gotten at least with me too nitty gritty into like certain real cases or anything like that, aside from things based on movies um, here and there. This is one of, and I've known you for at least 10 years at this point now, I think. Um, this is one of those cases. This is one of the first ones where I'm just like, you know what? I don't really have an answer either way. <laughs> yeah. I know what I believe, but I, um, uh, I don't, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that it's like really interesting. And especially like the, like, I don't know. This is one of those first times where I'm like, <laughs> yeah good that's all i could ask of you man is to keep that's an open mind yeah Again, absolutely I, I love having you on the show because you are willing to hear me out and willing yeah. to like hear what always people see and experience and, and, it, and think maybe maybe it's possible but and at the, we have at to the, look at all the other explanations first yeah and at the very least uh, even if i don't think that something was possible i get like a there's often a lot of very human emotional stories attached to these things there's a lot that's why 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 one of the many things that i love about your perspective and that's the one of the th- reasons that i like your work and like your investigations is in your investigations into these type of uh phenomena is that you look for you're going for a human perspective i said at the top too like it's just that's that's the interesting part to me and that I think what I love and what I love about this particular story is we still have that, that human aspect. And that makes me not more susceptible to like the UFOs, but like, it makes me, like I said, I think I put, it, it makes me want to believe them a little bit more. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I completely understand that again. I think, you know, this movie did such a good job of humanizing these characters. Mm. And I, that really has to do with the actors. They, these were for a TV movie. These were top notch performances. They did their homework. They invested all of themselves into doing this accurately Mm. for the real Betty and Barney Hill, no matter what James Earl Jones or Estelle Parsons think of the case. They went into this movie saying, we need to tell the story according to what they believe. And that's your job as an actor. Like you are that person. You're not, you know, you're, 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 you're faking it, but you're not faking it. You truly believe this happened to you. So you got to go into it that way. And I just think they did. Oh God, such an incredible job. I, I, I have to really praise the director, the writers and the actors on this. This is, this was my first time seeing the movie Mm -hmm. actually. Um, You know, having never watched it before, as soon as I, I thought about it. I was like, I got to get Andrew in on this. I got to see what he thinks of this. A, as a movie, and B, as a credible UFO case. Um, Credible being a very flexible word. Hey, um, no, look, again, I was... I think this is. I would recommend this movie. I would recommend this case. I think there's there's just a lot. There's a lot to it that I think is really interesting. Yeah, we only unpacked a short amount of it. Um, But listen, my man... um, we're going to wrap things up very shortly. Um, now I am become death said, Andrew, if there's a case you really want to look into, it's the aerial school incident. I'm actually, Andrew, I'm going to have the director of this new documentary coming on the show in a couple of weeks. This was a case in Rua, Zimbabwe in 94, where 62 school children witnessed a UFO land on their school ground. Beings come out and try to communicate with the children, get back in their craft, disappear. Um, 
I've spoken to several of the witnesses to this event. Um, as adults, they stick to this story. It's incredible. And we're finally, after like a decade of waiting for this documentary to come out, we're finally getting it um, in the next week or so. Uh, so I would love to like Whoa. have you watch that and come back on and talk about that. But again, sure. like there's so many cases out there that people don't know about that don't really think about the UFO topic that I really just want to be like, Look at this and tell me something didn't happen. Something, right. something. Right. And I think right. that's true about the Betty and Barney Hill case as well. Sure. Well, hey, my man, before we go, I have to ask you, as a screenwriter, is there anything you can tease about projects you're working on or um, maybe a little little oh, movie sure. um, that someone <laughs> is having made? I don't know if that's if that's public yet. Uh, but yeah, I have a short film that'll hopefully be dropping this year called Pay the Tithe, um, which is a horror short uh, that I'm very excited about. That I was, we're, we're heavy into post production right now. I got to hear um, some of the first bits of the score yesterday, which was done by a good friend of Ryan and I's. And um, very, very excited. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm excited for everybody to see it. I'm excited for, uh, yeah, just all the work. Every, I mean, anybody I have had involved on the uh, short so far has just brought um, every bit of themselves and every bit of their like a game to it. And just so much passion and hard work and creativity. And it's just, it's going to make it um, even better than I could have imagined. So it's very exciting. And I wrote and directed it. So it's, it's, it's just, it's a nice little uh, passion project. Amazing. I did get to see a rough cut and, Man, I'm not just saying it because you're my friend and my colleague, but um, I was blown away by what I That's saw. Fun. So I can't wait Thank to you. see the final product. Um, we'll have to get you back on to talk about it because it, it dives into some of the realms we cover here on the show. A sure. um, little bit of supernatural, maybe. We cult won't go per- too much into personality the kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So we will we'll definitely talk about that. Um, awesome. Ooh, yes. Um, now I become death says sounds interesting. Being a fan of horror, so you got a new fan. Hey, yeah. thanks, man. <laughs> follow, you can follow me on the on the tweeters at Sanford minus Sun. Um, right underneath there, also the uh, and my Instagram is half white son of a black man which was the name of a pilot for a while. So if you want to, I also, if anybody, Ryan was on that quite a few times on that podcast uh, and several of the times were to come on and talk about horrors, horror movies with me. So if you want to hear me and Ryan, I think there are, there's a, you could fill up a solid 24 hours. Um, if you, on the, if you went and found yeah. all the times, Ryan and I have talked about movies via podcasts. So we should, we should do a mega sode where we just put them all together. Yeah, That'd be yeah, pretty yeah. fun. Okay. No, that was such a fun time. So definitely I suggest people go check out half white son of a black man. Archives. Shocktober, um, Shocktober, Shocktober episodes. Yeah. You can listen to a lot of stuff too, but if you're looking for the movie conversations, yeah, it's on, it's on stitcher too, which I've always had. They have a, and I only say that because if you have stitcher, they have a really good search engine. So you can, uh, <laughs> it's find it easy, easy to find stuff yeah <laughs> yeah for sure man god bless stitcher i'm glad they're still going strong in the age of spotify hey man, they, get, they get my money Apple, stitcher gets they, my uh, money they're great they're great mm. and they host our show as well so yeah, thank they you did. that's where i stitcher. get the show <laughs> yeah, somewhere in the stitcher love it mm-hmm. love it all right my man well hey right, i'm brother. gonna let you go i'm gonna talk shop a little bit with the crowd here but i do want to cool. thank you for taking time out of your your crazy hectic life um both as an artist and as a 
father and a husband. I love you, bud. I'll talk to you I soon. love you too, my man. We will talk soon. Have a great right. night. Thank, Thank you, everybody, you. for coming and joining and listening to fun stuff. Yeah. There he is, guys. Andrew Sanford, one of my best friends here in New York City. Um, we've we've seen and done a lot of things, and it's so amazing that we can still connect in our adult lives and do stuff like this. The podcast is just an excuse to catch up with my buddies here in New York. So thank you to Andrew for taking time to do that tonight. We really appreciate it. Um, my best to your family, Douglas Brooks says. <laughs> Steven says, thank you for the review. Um, thank you. Thank you guys for checking this out tonight. If you haven't, you can watch the UFO incident from 1975 right on YouTube. Just type in the UFO incident. 1975 and it should pop up i know that's how andrew and i watched it and let us know what you think put your comments below on this video about what you thought of the movie what you thought they did a good job with maybe not so much with and uh yeah what you think of the betty and barney hill case now i know we touched on some controversial aspects tonight you know the idea that maybe this isn't all it seems to be or appears to be but hey it's an open case as every ufo case usually is so yeah um i'm glad we got to dissect that tonight i'm glad that you guys got to hang out with us and do that but before we go i do want to talk a little about this this was a comic book called blue book based on the project blue book files and other ufo incidents and we actually had michael oiming the artist of this comic book about the betty and barney hill incident on the show. So if you go back into the archives, you should be able to find that episode with Michael Oyming, where we talk all about the Betty and Barney Hill incident and what inspired him to make this comic book series with a few other friends and colleagues of his. And you can find it at readbluebook.com. The entire Betty and Barney Hill um, volume is done and out to the public. So go to readbluebook.com. It's a gorgeous gorgeous comic book and i know i just talked to michael they're working on the next case um and they uh actually reached out to me to help uh consult on the next volume so i'm super excited and honored about that too but yeah definitely check out this comic they did such an incredible job with researching it and really conveying what betty and barney hill went through just like the movie the ufo incident did as well Mick Gray says, you kicking in NYC, brah? Yes, I live in NYC, actually. Um, so, yeah, that's how Andrew and I met here in New York City in the theater world. And we've just, you know, just become such good friends since then. So much that he comes on this show as a skeptic and takes everyone's hits. So I love him for that as well. Um, comics are dope. I agree. I agree. I agree. Please, if you haven't, rate and review the show wherever you get podcasts. I know Spotify now has a rating system, so you can rate it on there. Apple Podcasts is still the biggest platform to um, find podcasts and um, support independent podcasters like myself. So please go to Apple and give it a five-star rating, a review, or give it an honest rating and review. Um, I don't care. Um, but yeah, please just head on over to one of those avenues and do that. It truly, truly does help the show. Um, other than that, let me see what we have here in the chat before we get out of here. Mark says, forgot to mention how much I like my Tic Tac Attack and Foo Fighter shirts I ordered from your store. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Thanks, my man. So yeah, I got some really, really cool designs in the store. I think I just released a new one, actually. 
maybe a week or so ago. So you can check that out as well. It's a really cool um, blacked out document, redacted document, as many of the UFO documents are that come out of the government. Um, so yeah, you can check that out in the store now. Um, we have sales all the time. So um, yeah, you can check those out. I think t-shirts are usually 35% off when when the sales do happen. So go to tpublic.com. You can check out all our merch and help support support the show in style. Let's see. Oh, Mark says, and your coffee blend. Mark, you're like my publicist, man. You're you're uh, you're repping all of my merch tonight. Yes, I do have a coffee as well. The Somewhere in the Skies coffee, which is available through blacktrianglecoffee.com. So go check them out as well. Amazing roaster out of Arizona. And um, yeah, let me know what you think of the Somewhere in the Skies coffee. Um, that's all I got. So thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight to explore the Betty and Barney Hill incident. We will go into it further in depth in the future, maybe do a full, full episode on it. And uh, finally, just cover this case in the um, the way it truly deserves. But again, thank you to our guest, Andrew Sanford, for tonight. Thank you to all of you for being here. And um, with that, keep your feet on the ground, but never stop searching somewhere in the skies. Take care. Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.